Recorded before a live audience in our basement studio, November 8th, 2015, from Athens, Georgia, this is Dude Where's My Poetry. I walked down Prince Avenue, I listened to that album that you hate, I wonder how you love me too, even though I'm the worst thing in this place. I am just a loser With a pretty okay taste in clothing And you are such a winner You always make something out of nothing So will you turn me From pennies to a million dollars Well I am so bad want to keep you You make this place feel less quiet So will you turn me from pennies to a million dollars I want to be a million dollars for you A hundred thousand dollars for you That was Penny Lame by Penny Lame. Next up are spoken word guests, Mariana Hagler, Marshall Moore, and Sam Lane. And now, three poems by Mariana Hagler. Okay, um, this first poem is called On the Love Seat You Tell Me. Awaiting menarchy, little bodies still empty, tchotchkes in the pretty sitting room. On the love seat you tell me that a person's brains begin to rot when she turns twelve, we turn twelve, we rot. Tongue in my mouth like you've never been kissed, tongue in my mouth because you've never been kissed. Accidentally, I have shown signs of life and vulnerability. I fell back with soft want for you. There is no salvation, Lameo. This year of our Lord and I Google, did we make love or was fucking the only thing we could do? This year of our Lord and our full bellies grown in at last, I make the pilgrimage to your Facebook page, unblinking remnants, who we were before Instagram. Old photo album, ancient BuzzFeed quiz, the sacred relics in our cathedral. Okay, um, this next one is called, I am on the Wikipedia page. Earlier I googled, can we make love, or is fucking the only thing we can do? On the Wikipedia page for sentimentality now, 
loving this life of sin. I am the patron saint of the cozy bar, blessed virgin with Jimmy Choo's on. I grow weary with soft want for you. My relationship status is single at last. Forty years I'm doomed to wander, trying to find something other than hurting. Take me home and touch me. Take me home, but you can't feel me. Sacred souvenir with Louboutins on my feet. Your mattress is on the floor because obviously your mattress would just be on the floor. Bed frame in the home goods I'll buy for you, a taste of the bourgeois other than eating me out. We play RuneScape on the bed. We play roller coaster tycoon on the bed. We play Sims 2 on the bed. On the bed, you deliver me from my body of death. When we fuck, you say, I could call you Regis Philbin. So we fuck. I call you Regis Philbin, and it's funny until you come. Um, this one is called Every Day I'm Shuffling. People tell me all the time, you could work at Party City. People tell me at least once a week, wash away my iniquity, cleanse me of my sin. You're hovering above my womb, tea leaves on a saucer. You fill me, and it is like I am full of creatures. The creatures fill me and eat me. They crawl inside. They make me full. Put a whiskey sour in my hand because you live here. Put a whiskey sour in my hand because you love me. You will love me. You will hand me a whiskey sour through this broken stall door. I want to grind on you. I want to grind on you to Pitbull. I want to grind on you regardless of your astrological sign. We can make out even though Macklemore is playing. Could love you with crystals on my neck. Could want you with or without Yahoo Answers. Just want some something in this year of our Lord. Fuck Pitbull. Fuck modernity. Every day I'm shuffling. I can get down to the top hits of any year. I can sing Kesha's first studio album into your bones. Lay rose quartz on my heavenly cunt. Want to kiss you till the cows come home. That was Mariana Hagler. Mariana is a student at UGA and lives with her two cats. Vladimir and Bartholomew. Her work can be found in Witchcraft Magazine, Electric Serial, and Ferrofluid Journal. If you'd like to get in touch with her, she can be found on the interwebs. Her Twitter handle is Our Lady of Athens, and her website, The Blessed Virgin Mary, M A R I dot com. And now, three poems by Marshall Moore. Mm-hmm. 
get off the music. <clears throat> My first poem is a list that I wrote in seventh grade uh, of words to phase in and words to phase out. So, so uh, I'll, first I'll read the words to phase out, um, but then I won't, I won't leave you hanging, and I'll, I'll give you some options to replace those words. So, words to phase out. Yes. <laughs> no. Kinda. Sure. Child. Girl. Friend. Boy. Hate. Good. Bad. Party. That one's crucial. Uh, um. Darn it. You suck. And finally, hello. Um, and you may be wondering, how am I supposed to keep up with my current rate of conversation and communication with these frequently used words? Well, these are the words to phase in, uh, in lieu of those words. Indubitably. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> Number four is a squiggly line. <laughs> Youngling. <laughs> Lassie. Matey. Lad. Extreme distaste. Positive. Negative. Get together. Um, 13 is also a squiggly line, but with more elaboration it says nothing said. This one is silence. We're, we're phasing in silence. Uh, I am not amused. And finally, your essence is displeasing. Now, if, uh, if I had written these uh, in, in modern times, they maybe would have been slightly different, but uh, I don't know, you know what they say, like when it's on paper, you, you can't change it, the old, you know, the tablet and the stone, whatever. <laughs> next poem is more it's a it's based on true story um, and it's called searching for a Ronald Reagan I have a single nipple hair it is the only bodily hair that I have it is above my left nipple and it drapes over the nipple just off-center the nipple hair produces the only bodily odors that I possess sometimes it is bearable but a lot of the time it is very smelly the smell is probably exaggerated by the fact that it is coming from such a concentrated area. I do not know how the smell is produced. The nipple hair has a name, but the name changes. When it is being good to me, I name it after a Republican politician. When it is being bad to me, I name it after a Democratic politician. I smoke weed every morning. I don't see it as a problem, because most people who have a problem also sm smoke weed in the evenings or with friends. But I don't smoke in the evenings, and I don't smoke with friends. Currently, the hair's name is Horatio Seymour. I was on a date the other day, and what occurred is why the nipple hair is currently named Horatio Seymour. The date was set up via the internet. I went to the date, and when I sat down, I saw a look of disgust on the woman's face. I knew it was Calvin Coolidge's fault. Her nose was wrinkled as she looked at me. I'm sorry, I said to her. It's Calvin Coolidge's fault. Her face put on a different expression, and she started talking to me with a strange voice and ended up buying my meal. 
I could tell she was only being nice because she knew that Jesse Jackson's scent made me a social outcast. She kept saying the phrase, bless your heart, but Horatio Seymour is over my heart, and it is a cursed place while he is Horatio Seymour. The Nipple Hair has never had anything other than a man's name. I don't know exactly why that is, but it's probably not a good thing. The hair is always stinky, but it is only Horatio Seymour when the stench creates consequences. When I'm high, sometimes I try to burn Horatio Seymour, but he is formidable. Burning always makes the stench worse. The hair always remains, swaying in the dank smoke. Thank you. <clears throat> I have one last poem. It's a love poem. Um, and it doesn't have a title, but it's in three parts. One. Skyline sideways, I kiss to summer songs at the open edge of spring afraid to catch a cold for nothing. Me and heat fall from my fingertips, tracing the molten shoulder blade of an important crying girl. Arby's is the incorrect answer to the question, what are you thinking? Especially when you're sideways. Two, night noises look in. D'Angelo croons to crucial conversations and fresh fluid glances. I feel like a seven-minute video compilation of a baby looking at things for the first time, open, stupefied, still stupid. I bow to experience in my freshly stained bib and smile up moonstruck. Cheek, socket, bang, blood, muscle, pocket, claw, paper, quilt, terrified, infatuated, mundane. Three. April gave me a noogie and kissed me on the cheek. I grin to the point of hurt and something translucent in me pulses fish scale vibrant, vibrating strong and cleanly as it does to everyone, everybody worth being, but it is still unique and important. Even when in my journal I paint it with neutrals, it is still important that I feel like a force or a force field, even if I still look like a sediment stone or a lizard or a chair. Thank you. And that's it for me. Thanks, everybody. That was Marshall Moore. Marshall is Operations Director at WUOG. He also raps under the name of Harry Confucius. If you'd like to check out Harry Confucius or get in contact with Marshall, he can be found at harryconfucius.bandcamp.com. Next, we have three poems by Sam Lane. Um, so I'm from the Deep South. I'm from Valdosta, Georgia, which is like three and a half hours below us. Um, it's an interesting place. Uh, what I'm going to read is something that um, has kind of fallen out of the history books. It's, um, it's Mary Turner, who uh, was um, in May 1918, um, was a 22-year-old African-American woman who was part of like the last mass lynching of my hometown. Um, and it begins uh, two days before with Sidney Johnson. Um, Sidney Johnson was 19 uh, whenever he was arrested for loitering. Um, and he was put to work uh, for a man named Hamilton Smith. Um, he was killed um, later that day, um, and this would kind of st or 
excuse me, Sidney Johnson killed Hamilton Smith, and this would later kind of start a chain of events. So, the South Georgia heat is dizzy, clouds of flies and drunk wasps banqueting on the overripe rows of unpicked rot, sweating alcohol. Desperate landowners use the law to relieve labor shortages. Black men plucked off streets to pick blueberries, watched by cruel men. Hamilton Smith bonded a 19-year-old dice man for $30. Sidney Johnson, with abuse too much to bear and a fever that wouldn't break, he slept, like a crump- he slept crumpled like an empty burlap, while fields turned to swill. Niggers get beat on Hamilton Smith's land for sleeping. The whip handler named himself. A whip snap, a gun's crack, an instant ran through Sydney like a knife. Sydney felt hot and unsafer than before. He broke berries, running, his tender lungs drowned on humid air. The law found Hamilton cold, empty, holstered, and Sydney twelve days later on Troop Street. He died after Hamilton's gun had emptied. Butchers wanted to treat his corpse like gristle, but no one could touch him. His skin froze theirs, threatened to brittle the houses and the rope around his neck while they drug his body bare for twenty miles on foot. Sidney softened, skin rubbed off until he polished and shone glorious. The mob trudged on with rope taut, like Elijah's flaming horses. They had no idea they pulled a comet. Um, so in that 12 days, 18 people were um, murdered in my hometown, um, one of which was Mary Turner. Um, she was murdered because she, res- she was responding publicly and vocally to the murder of her husband that morning. Um, And so I wrote kind of a love piece for her and her husband for the night before. It's called Pig's Feet. The familiar moon looks pale, like a cornbread taken out too soon. Pig's bones slip and squeak against the dog's teeth, while white vinegar is exhaled and inhaled, the two fall asleep. They fell asleep facing each other, filling their chests and rubbing feet, not knowing it was to keep them awake, to keep the day from seeping into the night like the beans in the kitchen soaking for tomorrow's dinner. So instant was the morning, the sun punched a hole into the sky. So fast they could hear the blue disc as it hit the ground. It wobbled like a coin before settling onto the tingling red dust. In echo, they woke up, sweating. He breathed her neck, she his elbow. Mary kicked the blanket, or Mary had kicked the blanket off so she could wrap herself in him until it was time to go to work. They peeled apart with the small sound of skin separating when it doesn't want to. In response to finding out that her husband was killed, Mary Turner went to the town center and accused um, just random people um, for what the only newspaper report would say for unwise words. Um, She would go home. She would be visited that night um, and taken into the woods just a mile outside of town. The lynching. The woods stepped aside from the mob willfully. Live and water oaks and cypress trees ignore her cries, beggings for her baby. Regretfully, her kin had learned to silently mourn. Mary could hear nigger, nigger, nigger anymore. Hung upside down, feet swollen from the pregnancy, ankles itch like chigger bites from the rope. Her cuts burn and boil with gnats. Mary could hear nigger, nigger, no more. Her thin dress dreamt, drenched in lamp oil and spit gasoline, sweat and blood she barely lit. The cigar took a lifetime to light to broil, to flake off, to expose the bump. The blade flicked, incited laughter, nervous and intentional. Her stomach opened like an eye. The boy dropped a month early, 
tumble down the warm hill of his mother under a boot. The smothered sun was left scattered by a cruel heel like an empty pecan shell. And satisfied at the steaming mess, the mob shot until they were empty and had pulverized Mary, hung like the tattered Spanish moss that hunts every tree in Valdosta. Thank you. That was Sam Lane. Sam lives in Athens, Georgia, and is currently working on his first book-length collection of poems, as well as an epic about the South. If you'd like to get in contact with him or request a copy of his chapbook about Mary Turner, he can be found at selane, L-A-N-E, at uga edu. This concludes the first half of Dude, Where's My Poetry? Stay tuned for interviews with the poets, as well as two more songs by Penny Lane. Tuning in to Do Where's My Poetry? poetry. I have two ground rules uh, before I get in with my poetry, which is that there's going to be no more making fun of Kenny G anymore. Uh, he has some pretty good songs, and he's not he's not hurting anybody. Now begins the second half of Dude, Where's My Poetry? This is the part where we interviewed the poets, really just had long conversations with them. As such, we included a couple of the high points, some of the more direct questions, and the following answers. Here's Sam Lane talking with Will Stanier about historical poetry. How do you, does it change for you? Because it, it, it's very much a living story now that you've kind of put you, yourself into this story are helping to change it from, you know, like a ghost story to actually personifying and, and spreading this character. When you, when you give readings of, about this character and about the whole thing, um, do you feel like you're delivering something every time or do you think it, do you feel it change as you read it, um, like what's the experience of reading about that, something like that, multiple times? It's, um, to be honest, they're um, my least favorite poems to read. Uh, if it hadn't been for the fact that I uh, recently published a chapbook on it, I don't think I'd be reading them. Because um, they're, they're uncomfortable for me, they make the audience uncomfortable, and you know most people are kind of here to be like entertained and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so, um, But I've, I have felt... It's changing over time how I felt about it, because um, as I was working on the project, I became deeply involved with Mary emotionally, and um, actually once read a breakup letter to her because it was just getting like really real, and my feelings were getting kind of like complicated. Yeah. Um, 
but now that I've had time to kind of like step back, I kind of see because um, I I know they're like hard poems, but like to me they're really like encouraging and they're like like the characters in them always kind of end up like as beautiful things and like and so to me as I've read them more and more like they become more beautiful in the sense that these people mean an incredible amount to me like Mary Turner is tremendously brave like um, I mean she knew what was going to happen to her when she walked into town that day and so for me like it's more it's it encourages me more every time I read them yeah, yeah. that's great yeah I mean that's uh... Now here's a clip uh, from Will's conversation with Marshall Moore about his poem, Searching for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I was, uh, I mean, it's pretty true, you know, I didn't start growing nipple hairs till pretty late in the game, relatively. Uh, still, still not very numerous, but still, you know, increasing in number. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to write something about that. Um, and I don't, I don't remember where I was or anything else I was doing. About How long that ago one. was it? I probably wrote that one about a year ago. About a year. I, I feel you with the nipple hairs. Cause I mean, I'm not a very hairy guy <laughs> at all. Um, uh, but I, you know, I have these nipple hairs, and uh, they're they're strange. They're strange. Yeah, they're weird. I don't know how to feel about them. Um, I've never included them into the creative process. <laughs> well, now's your chance. <laughs> Next up, I asked Mariana Hagler about the difference between love poem and a hookup poem. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess I do really deal a lot in like hookup poems as opposed to love poems. Um, not that I necessarily would make a distinction all the time. <laughs> but... Um, but to make a distinction, I think I'm I'm really drawn to hookup poems in that I think there's something like simultaneously kind of sublime or like just and also like deeply sweet about the love poem. But then like also the hookup poem kind of subverts that because it's like necessarily something that's like temporal and like one night or like also like kind of shitty you know like um it's almost always necessarily something that's like regrettable almost finally we asked gianna justice that is penny lane about her first release party songs But, okay, so the yeah. first release. Mm -hmm. um, what came about that you put together the songs and you know put them out into the listening world? How did that come together? Um, okay. So and was Marshall working on that as well? Mm -mm. No, that was never going to be heard by anybody. Um, I was... Okay, let me think. Okay, yeah, I was studying abroad last summer. And um, like the whole second half of my spring semester I've been kind of like messing around with songs and I was like hanging out with this like a uh, group of people or whatever and these boys kept being like oh we can record your songs and I was like oh no like <laughs> they're mine um and then I was home sorry this is so confusing I'm trying to like work it out in my head um I was home in Atlanta um for summer break and was just kind of messing with my stuff and wanted to show some of my friends 
and then I like used my uh, MacBook microphone in GarageBand. I didn't have anything real, and I was like singing into my computer in my bathroom, and <laughs> and my parents like didn't know what I was doing. Um, and then I, and then I like kind of liked how they sounded because they were a little bit imperfect and and like pretty scruffy, and I liked that. Um, and so the day before I left because I knew I wouldn't have, like, internet or anything for a really long time. I was like, fuck it, I'll just put them out and whatever. And I just put them on Bandcamp. Um, and then well, I think only my friends listened to them. And then pretty recently I played a show at the Caledonia, and um, Gordon Lim, who works at the Caledonia, also writes for Flagpole, and he heard them and he was like, oh, shit, like, I really like this. Um, <laughs> do you have your music anywhere? And then he listened to Party Songs, so it's funny, this, like, little summer album that came about from, like, like some heartache and adjusting to a new place and um i don't know i think it's kind of stained with a lot of like nostalgia but also like excitement um it feels really weird to listen to it now but sorry that's a really long answer oh no it's fine that was Gianna Justice talking with Will Stanier. Gianna says Penny Lane began as a solo project to keep her sane while spending a summer living at her parents' house. She says the first EP was recorded in her childhood bathroom with just her guitar and garage band. The project has since evolved into a living documentation of specific moments people, and places in her life which, as she says, all have a funny habit of changing. We're going to end our podcast with two more songs by Penny Lame, our fourth and final poet.
Swimming by Penny Lane. Next up, Scumbag City. But first, many thanks to all those who made this event possible to begin with. Of course, thanks to Mariana, Marshall, Sam, and Gianna for joining us in this intimate space to share their passion of the spoken and sung word. Thanks to Landon Woodward, who acted as sound man in Clutch. Thanks to Derek Pellegrini, adventure soup maker extraordinaire. Big thanks to Will Stanier, the brains, brawn, and good looks behind Dude, Where's My Poetry? Finally, I'm Kelly Patronus, your podcast host. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. And if you're in Athens, Georgia, come check us out. Billy only likes the beginning. Oh, but Joey, he loved the end. They dropped me right in the middle. Wondering what the hell happened. How scumbag of them. Well, the only I love They're the best of the worst So if there only was a medal For most likely to get hurt back tomorrow Joey always bought me McFlurries because he knew my favorite kind it's Eminem and he'd never answer my calls just to fuck with my mind that should have been the first sign and Billy'd always catch the bugs stuck on my floor and then he'd ask me why I never gave him more what the hell more could he have asked for scumbag city I'm leaving you I got a whole lot of better things I could do scumbag city it's time for me to go
Bye.